Objects, said philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre, should not touch because they are not alive. You use them, put them back in place, you live among them, they are useful, nothing more. But they touch me, it's unbearable. I'm afraid of being in contact with them as though they were living beasts. After using my mum's old Tupperware containers as grief therapy after she passed away a few years ago, I became fascinated at how and why such a simple piece of plastic could hold so much emotion for me. How could these objects touch me so deeply? So I became overtaken with wonder at how my use of objects owned, used and cherished by her could be so powerful and therapeutic. Why do we invest so much in things? How could a basic, empty plastic container, a mere tool, make us so happy? And surely, in a world crowded with waste, disposability, materialism and hyper-consumerism, investing meaning in objects, in stuff, is part of the problem. And Tupperware, I mean, it's just an empty plastic container bound for landfill, right? Or is it a container of fascinating intergenerational stories? Well, I'm on the road to discovering the answers to these questions, plus a whole world of stories about us. Women, men, people, children, community, food, family, friendship, empowerment, and more. So Sartre, it seems, was onto something. Objects just aren't objects. My name is Megan Spencer, and this is Auspicious Plastic, a podcast. Robin... Can you introduce... Oh, wrong way. (laughs) Robin Overall is my mum's next-door neighbour. They lived over the fence from one another for 35 years until mum died in 2012. Robin said she thought of mum as a bit of a big sister. They shared stories about life, family and sometimes even Tupperware. ...next-door neighbour 35 years ago. So we've always talked about funny little things and this Tupperware that I've got is one of them and... um, Marg thought it was hilarious, my little story. What's your story? Well, I bought this Tupperware in 1973, the year we got married, I think. (laughs) Can't even remember when I got married. And it was probably the one and only Tupperware party I ever went to because I couldn't afford to go to them because they're so expensive. And and what what are we looking at, this piece? This is just a little blue bowl and it came in a set of three with lids. There was a blue one, which is one I've got. Uh, There's a yellow one and a green one in varying sizes and they'd stack up. And I was so proud of this purchase because it was expensive. How how much Uh, do you recall? I know it was a lot compared to my wages at the time. It was a lot of money. Mm. And then when um, Stuart came along in 1975... Who is your son? Who was our first son, eldest son. We were living basically week to week on our wages. So these little containers turned into the little food bowls for him and I used to make up his meals, freeze them and put them in here and that sort of thing. It just became part and parcel of my life, these three little bowls for a long, long time. And I think... For some reason, the colours got to me, I don't know, but I could never give them away, I couldn't throw them away, it was just one of those things. And then one particular day, I was saying goodbye to a friend of mine, and Stuart, my son, was probably about 16 months old or something, I think. I went outside to say goodbye to him, and I kept saying, I can sell plastic burning and I thought, oh, strange, somebody's burning plastic around the place. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I said goodbye and I came in and the whole house reeked of plastic. And there was Stuart, had taken a chair, dragged it over to the kitchen bench, climbed up on the chair, sitting on the kitchen bench with the lids of my lovely little containers. And um, he was putting them into the toaster. And now... Are you serious? Yes. So you would have had one of the toasters which has the um, door that flipped out? No, no. I had a really current one. I think it was a wedding present or something. Where you put the you put your toast in and it slowly went down from the pressure. And he was sixteen months. He was about sixteen months old. The containers were in a cupboard, so he would have gone to the cupboard, got the lids, got the chair. He was just sitting there in the corner with the toaster and my lids, and he'd put them in. And as he put them in, the pressure of the lid made the toaster slide down. So it was slowly going down, but it was slowly melting. Oh my god. And he, he did all three lids. I only had three bowls. He did all three lids. <laughs> so this is like the legend behind this, and this is what... three Tupperware collection yes. that you have. I can't get rid of it because it's got this memory. And every time I pick up this bowl now, I visualise Stuart sitting on the kitchen bench melting the lids. And I can never forget that. <laughs> That is... He's never, ever done anything like that before or ever again. (laughs) Ever after. And we couldn't afford a toaster, so Bill then had to pull the toaster apart and started scraping all the plastic off the toaster. And this is your husband, Bill? This is my husband. He got quite a bit off, but every time we used it, we could still smell the plastic, so we eventually had to throw that out and get a new one. So plastic sort of went into your yeah, toast. I'm, I'm amazed that the, the toaster didn't short out. It just kept toasting. <laughs> that, is, that is an incredible story. And look, even though this is, what, 40-odd years mm. old, it's still in really good condition. This is what I love about Tupperware. Mm. I've only got... I, know, I said to the children on Saturday night when we had a family dinner, I said, I've got this blue bowl. Where are the other two? Because I didn't throw them out. And when we moved two years ago, I would have packed them away. So I've still things to unpack, so they're probably there somewhere. So no one owned up to, to no, pinching them? everybody just looked at me and thought, oh, Mum's gone a bit wacko again. So I said to Stuart, I said, do you remember toasting those bowls? And he said, no. No, I don't remember that. I only remember falling out the window. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, well, it was the same year. Yeah. Um, wow. But, yeah, so every time I pick this thing up, I just remember Stuart toasting the lids. So this bowl has gone through my three children, my four grandchildren. It's used as the grape dish, dip dish, Mm. chip dish, storage of um, food that we have left over for the next day, holding screws when you're pulling things apart. So, yeah, my mystery now is what's happened to the other two bowls. You're listening to Auspicious Plastic, a podcast about objects and why we love them. So um, do you think it's strange that something like an old 40-year-old bowl can hold so much meaning? Because that's kind of the quest I'm on to discover. It does have a meaning because... Because mm. when I think about all the things I've got, nothing has a like a memory, like a funny memory, mm. like this particular mm. little bit of plastic has. 
which is really weird to think that a little bit of a plastic bowl would have a, a funny memory. Mm. And I always bring it up mm. to anybody who says, where's the lid? And I just say, well, the lid got toasted. <laughs> and then if they don't know me, I then have to tell them the story. So you told the story a lot of I times. I told the story heaps of times. <laughs> So this is like a real container of story for you. Or it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. And every time, you know, if Stuart does something wrong, I will say, do you remember toasting those lids? You know, I just have this little ongoing thing with my elder son yeah. just to remind him that I haven't forgotten what he did. <laughs> it's, it's it's like, a, I'm trying to throw the guilt onto yeah. him. It's a good, it's a good one. Um, it holds something sentimental for you. Mm. Do you think it will hold something sentimental for him? At the moment, I'd probably say no, but... Isn't it food. funny, though? It's just a piece of plastic. I know. So just to finish off, you mentioned my mum at the start and you said that you would talk about your Tupperware mm. stories. Did you ever see her collection? I saw part of her collection, which made me bring up my, my little story about my little three bowls. And, and what did mum say to you about her collection? Do you remember it all? No, I think she was obsessed with them a little bit. Um... <laughs> She, she sort of, yeah, she was obsessed and was very um, caring as if they were individuals and she hadn't, like, everything was an individual and it was for certain particular things and they were well put away and things like that. So she was very protective of them, I'd say. And then when I told her about this with Marlene, she was absolutely horrified. <laughs> <laughs> that they'd been fried in the toaster. Yeah. But she thought at the same time it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, yes, I can laugh about it now, but at yeah. the time I wasn't. <laughs> I wonder if, like, the way people regard, especially these Tupperware containers and how they look after them is kind of a, a reflection of their character in some way. Would that be a fair thing to say? I think Tupperware, it was such an in thing back in the 70s, especially the 70s, and it was so expensive. It was like buying something really precious but it was for the kitchen and so you did take care of it and also because the kitchen you know was is such an important part of 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 life right in those days it was because you did store everything you Mm. didn't we didn't have great big freezers and we didn't so Mm. we were very conscious of making sure things were stored away we're in a throwaway society now and so I came I was brought up in a society where you you look after your things, you make sure that they last and you store things away, whereas today it's, oh, yes, I'll just go out and get something, use it and throw it away when I don't need it. Mm. But I'm still in that mentality of wanting to keep the things that did cost a lot, even though it doesn't have a lid, but <laughs> and I still use it mm. because it's still quite serviceable. Is it nice to value something in that way? I think it places importance in a... a it, it just gives a bit, I don't know, it's strange. You could say you have a little bit of respect for it. It's interesting, isn't it, because when you said that mum was almost proud of her Tupperware and she she cherished it, Mm. I suppose, and and just listening to you speak, and my auntie actually, who's in this podcast series, you can hear that there's been a struggle in your lives. There's been a point where you couldn't have things and then you could and Mm. then you're very careful about what you chose. Oh, you do. You value whatever you earn. Because it was, as I said, things are expensive. So when you do buy something, you do value it because you know how long it took to get it. So there's a, there's a patience it. element there involved. There is a patience, yes, yeah. yes. And the longer it takes, the more you value that particular object, yeah. I think. 
So did you enjoy having these conversations with mum about your Tupperware and your kitchen adventures and oh, back yes. in the day? Oh, we used to have great laughs. So we used to laugh until... <laughs> No, we just laughed and laughed and laughed over silly little, funny little stories over the things that happened in the kitchen. Not the Tupperware, but just all sorts of mm. things. It, and they're things that just come up, but it triggers a memory. And probably I'll never think of that one again until something else will trigger it again. Do you um, see somebody else's Tupperware container? <laughs> well, that's right. No, you know, somebody comes along and says, I've got no lid, and I'm going, oh, did it get burnt? <laughs> What was that question? Okay, Mark had a lot of Tupperware, so did you keep it all when you were packing things up? I kept every single piece Mm -hmm. and it was all immaculate. Yes. And she had um, some of the containers from the 70s that have the ripple top. So there was the burnt orange Mm -hmm. and the um, kind of banana yellow and the olive colours. Mm -hmm. And I took them all up to Bendigo, where I was living uh, at the time that she died. And I I put them all in boxes and eventually I pulled them out like maybe nine months or so afterwards and put them in my kitchen and I started using them. And I have very similar hands to hers. So I had this very strange out-of-body experience using not only her Tupperware but her mixing bowls when I was baking or making something. And in a really weird way, it made me feel very close, close to, to her. Does that make sense to you? It does, yeah, yeah because you're, you're handling things that your mum's handled and you can visualise your mum's hands on those bowls. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I can see you've got a close connection there. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And, and I felt like I'd stepped through time in a way. Yeah. 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 I can visualise that yeah. easily because yeah. I always remember going to mum's kitchen and there was Tupperware dishes all over the place on stacks and things in them and if they, or they were empty and stacked up. And yeah. I've often thought, she always doesn't have room in a cupboard to put all this stuff. <laughs> she didn't actually, yeah. So I kind of use it as a form of grief therapy, I suppose. Yeah, but it's yeah. still a connection to your mum mm. and that's lovely to have, mm. to have a connection like that years later. So tell me this, are you planning on hunting these other two bowls down? Yes, I am. I haven't unpacked a lot of boxes, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're still downstairs in the basement. And how will you feel, do you think, when you find them? I'll be happy. I'll, you'll have this, I'll have this great big grin on my face <laughs> going, Eureka, <laughs> I've got my set back again, because I know I haven't thrown them out. And what will you use the set for? I would probably still use them as little bowls for bits and pieces. And with the grandkids now, they're perfect for putting their, their little snacks and things in and they're not going to break anything. And Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling that story, Robin. Right. My pleasure. That's it for another episode of Auspicious Plastic. Huge thanks to my guest or guests for their time and willingness to share their ideas and stories about the things that they love. And massive thanks also to gifted music composer and musician Jeremy Conlon, aka Cooper Black, for creating the auspicious music theme for this podcast. You can find the full complement of his music online at cooperblack.bandcamp.com. And if you'd like to share your story with me or get in touch, please email me at hello at themeganspencer.com or you can visit my website, themeganspencer.com. 
And thank you too, auspicious listener. I'm grateful for your time, attention and feedback. My name's Megan Spencer and you've been listening to Auspicious Plastic. It's a podcast made about precious objects, made with love and dedicated to my mother Margaret. Until next time.